pep talk, Sleep Hygiene, episode number 20. Last month, I discussed the importance of breathing through your nose, particularly at night while you're sleeping, and I thought it might be nice to start off the new year with some sleep hygiene tips for you. I believe that sleep is such an incredibly important element to our health, and oftentimes people really struggle with getting restorative sleep at night, and if you are someone who struggles with sleep issues, it's really important to identify what what is causing the sleep problems for you, whether you're someone who struggles to fall asleep or someone who struggles to stay asleep during the night. It's, it's important to identify what the root cause is. I know many people will use sleep aids, whether it's you know marijuana or alcohol or Benadryl or Ambien, and we're not getting quality sleep when we utilize those substances. And it's so important that we ensure that we get that restorative quality sleep. And even though you may feel like you're sleeping, you're not getting the restorative sleep that you need because whether it's a substance or whether it's a medication, it's going to interfere with those sleep stages and it's going to hinder you from getting adequate sleep that really truly allows your body to restore and to heal. And again, if, if you are someone who struggles with sleep issues, so important to, to delve into that and better understand. I know last month with, doc, with um, James Nestor in the information from his book, Breath, he talks about the structural challenges that we face, um, modern humans face, because we're not, we weren't chewing um, the way that we needed to Um, earlier on and we didn't get the nutrients necessarily that we really needed earlier on in our lives and so our facial structure and our jaws and our airways are not optimal for health and so there can be a structural element to this you know part of what we talked about last month and that Nestor talks about in his book is the importance of the nose breathing and that that can help with some sleep issues such as sleep apnea and um, sinusitis and some of those things can be addressed by working on breathing more through your nap through your nose Um, again if there's a structural element of it that may require a little bit more uh, work or more intervention than simply nose breathing again though recognizing that if you are dealing with a structural piece that is going to impact i know i have a lot of clients who use sleep apnea machines and i know for many of them they would prefer not to use them just because they don't like it but they report to me such an improved quality in their sleep when they do use it there can be other reasons though too besides structural as to why people struggle to sleep oftentimes i see with my clients i have of course specialize in the area of trauma and many of my people have were raised in abusive homes or were abused even if it wasn't within the home they went through abuse early in their lives or I have my military and first responders who are chronically under stress and what can happen is that hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis that HPA axis can become dysregulated and when that becomes dysregulated that can interfere with sleep one of the things that can happen is people's cortisol levels can become inversed meaning that ideally our cortisol levels are the highest in the morning 
and the lowest at night. And oftentimes for people, what can happen is their cortisol levels are highest in the, in, I'm sorry, they're, they're lowest in the morning and highest at night. And it can be this feeling of what, what we call wired but tired, where you're exhausted at night, but you're not able to sleep. And again, that can be a cortisol issue, and that can be due to past traumas or living in a world of chronic stress. And it can also be hormonal imbalances, not just cortisol, but it can have to do with estrogen and progesterone levels, testosterone, if those are imbalanced, that can interfere with sleep. And it can also have to do with blood sugar dysregulation. I know that I have many of my people who are dealing with HPA dysregulation that they're also dealing with hypoglycemia. And what can happen is at night, their blood sugar drops and around two or three o'clock in the morning, they wake up wide awake. Not just waking up, it's this, I'm wide awake. And what's happened is the blood sugar's dropped. And one of the ways that we can address that is by um, you know, helping them with their, their eating patterns. So ensuring that they're getting the proper nutrients, but also sure, ensuring they're getting the proper nutrients at night. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later on. Again, if you're someone who struggles with sleep issues, so important to get to the root cause of, of what's creating those sleep problems. I wanted to share a little bit with you about why it's important for us to sleep. What, what is, what is, what's happening at night while we're sleeping? Sleep restores, regenerates, and re-energizes the body. Sleep allows the cells in the body to repair and to regrow. This includes muscle repair as well as tissue growth. The brain, and you may have heard this before, the brain literally cleans itself during sleep. The, the um, glymphatic, I believe it's called glymphatic system, is the waste clearing system of the, of the brain and it removes toxic byproducts from the brain that build up during the day. And this clearing only occurs at night while we're sleeping. I don't know about you, but I definitely wanna be clearing out any toxins that are in my brain because of course, if we're not clearing those out, that can create all sorts of dysfunction down the road. It is believed that sleep assists in converting short-term memories into long-term memories, and it helps the body to forget unnecessary information that might burden the, the, the nervous system. Sleep is necessary for emotional health. During sleep, brain activity increases in areas in the brain that regulate emotions, thereby supporting emotional stability. These areas in the brain include the amygdala, the striatum, the hippocampus, the insula, and the medial prefrontal cortex. And for example, let me give you an example on this, the amygdala. You have heard me talk quite a bit about the amygdala and the amygdala is that fear center of our brain. And if we, if we are getting enough sleep, right? If, if, you're, if you're getting sleep, then it's going to regulate properly. If you're not getting enough sleep, if you're sleep deprived, it can become overreactive and you can have an experience or a situation that your body, your amygdala overreacts to and identifies as danger that isn't necessarily danger. And that can happen with sleep deprivation. It's so important. Again, we need that brain to be activating all the areas of our brain and taking care of it during sleep so that we can respond to situations in a healthy manner. Sleep impacts our weight. Ghrelin is 
increases appetite and leptin increases the feeling of being full. And when we're sleep deprived, it elevates um, ghrelin, the, the hormone ghrelin, and it suppresses leptin. And I don't know about you, but I know for me, if I've had a night where I have not slept well, um, you know, maybe I've only gotten a couple of hours of sleep, I know I am much more hungry the next day. And it's recognizing that those the hormones, ghrelin and leptin, are impacted at night. And when we're getting adequate amount of sleep, those are within balance. But if we're sleep deprived, that ghrelin is going to increase, which is going to have you feeling more hungry, and that leptin will decrease so that you're not feeling full, which again, we need to have those in balance. Sleep also strengthens the immune system. And with everything going on in the world right now, it's really important that our immune system is functioning optimally. During sleep, the body makes cytokines, which are proteins that fight infection and inflammation. It also produces certain antibodies and immune cells. And together, these particles prevent illnesses by destroying harmful invaders. We need to help our body to create those molecules so that our body can fight off infection. And that happens at night when we're sleeping. Some of the consequences for sleep deprivation includes mood changes, anxiety, depression, poor memory, poor focus and concentration, poor motor function and fatigue, weakened immune system, weight gain, as we mentioned, high blood pressure, insulin resistance, chronic diseases like diabetes and heart disease, and increased risk of early death pretty serious consequences to sleep deprivation. I thought it would be helpful then for me to share with you some tips for sleep hygiene. Again, as I mentioned early in the in the podcast, really important to identify the root cause of, of sleep issues. For some people, it's as simple as just not having good sleep hygiene. So let's talk a little bit about those things, because even if it is something that's a little more serious, such as a structural issue or some hormonal imbalances, know that these adding in or creating this hygiene can absolutely help um, while you're trying to get to the root cause. How you start your day has a big impact on how you're going to sleep at night. Caffeine in the morning. You may be surprised at how much that caffeine is impacting your sleep at night. Some people are very sensitive to caffeine. Some people not so much and that has to, there's actually a genetic component of that. I know through my genetic information, I learned that I am somebody who's super sensitive to caffeine. And I didn't, I didn't realize that when I was drinking caffeine. And it wasn't until I stopped drinking it that I realized I, I'm really sensitive to caffeine. So not doing caffeine can be helpful for people. And I know it, there's a lot of people out there going, don't take my caffeine from me. I need my caffeine first thing in the morning. Again, keep in mind, if you're needing caffeine, there's a reason for that. If we are healthy, we do not need any kind of stimulant to get us going during the day. Keep that in mind. Nonetheless, if you're someone who enjoys coffee or tea, ideally doing something that's decaffeinated, decaffeinated coffee or an herbal tea, something like that could be a nice way 
to start transitioning away from that caffeine in the morning. Again, recognize the caffeine that you drink in the morning very much can disrupt your sleep at night, especially if you are somebody who's sensitive to caffeine. I know that most, quote, sleep experts will say not to drink any caffeine after two o'clock. Again, everybody's a little bit different on how caffeine impacts them, but that might be kind of a good gauge. Getting outside first thing in the morning, ideally, if you have the ability to get outside first thing when the sun's starting to come up, that helps to shut down melatonin, which is the sleepy hormone that we need. It helps to reset that circadian rhythm so that you'll actually sleep better at night. So getting outside first thing in the morning is a great way to then help for how you're going to sleep at night. And if you exercise in the morning, that's also another way to help with sleep at night. The research demonstrates that morning exercisers sleep better than people who exercise in the afternoon or in the evenings. And I know for some people who exercise at night, they get a little too rubbed up and then have trouble sleeping at night. So that's something to consider kind of when you schedule in your your sleep or when you schedule in your exercise. Ensuring that you create an evening routine. People have a, I think, have a tendency to, to, you know, go, 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 and then jump into bed and think that their body immediately is going to be ready for sleep. And we really need to help prepare the body for sleep. We need to start winding down and quieting down and helping the body know that it's time to sleep. One of the ways that we can do that is by utilizing blue blocker glasses. There is a blue light that is emitted from the screens, all the screens on the devices and TVs, and even with LED lights, if you're someone who has LED lights in your home, there's a blue light that's emitted from that that hinders your melatonin from being released. The melatonin is our sleepy hormone. It's the one that helps our body to say, okay, it's time to go to sleep. We need that at night. And the blue light hinders that from being released and I encourage people to use blue blocker glasses when they get home at night even if it's a matter of you know you're just going around the house and doing some other things it's a great way to give the eyes a break to be quite honest with you Um, but it's also a way that if you do end up looking at a screen or again if you have led lights or blue lights in the house it's another way or lights that emit blue light it's another way to prevent that from reaching your brain um, to inhibit that melatonin from being released. So those blue blocker glasses are something that can, can help with that. Not having a heavy meal at night before you go to bed, um, ensuring that because you know eating a really heavy meal before you go to bed when we sleep at night, we don't need to be trying to digest. We need our body to go through all of those processes that I mentioned earlier. And if it's trying to digest the food, it's not able to do all those other processes. In the same breath, as I mentioned earlier, sometimes people with blood sugar issues have um, have problems with with their blood sugar dropping at night and it wakes them up and eating a, a little something before they go to bed, if it, let's say they eat at six, but they don't go to bed till 10, having a little something before they go to bed if they're dealing with that blood sugar regulation can help and ideally you would want that to be some kind of a protein or fat if it was you know just even a little bit of some kind of meat or fish if it was a a nut um, butter of some sort or raw nuts or seeds it could be even a little celery with almond butter on it something like that again not a meal but just a little something 
that can help than with that blood sugar issue at night. Also, for some, particularly women, eating a complex carb with their dinner can also help with sleep at night. I think it's Dr. Alan Christensen talks about this with his, I think it's called the Adrenal Reset Protocol that he created. And he talks about how, well, particularly people with adrenal issues, but women, I think he even talks about women in general, that oftentimes we need those complex carbs. And when I say complex carbs, I'm referring to your any any of the sweet potatoes or any of the winter squashes. I'm not talking about, you know, refined processed grains and flours. That's not your complex carb. So again, kind of getting to know your body, getting a feel for your body and knowing what you need nutritionally and when you eat can impact then how you're going to sleep at night. Uh, going back to that evening routine that I mentioned, really helping your body know that it's time for sleep. If it's a matter of, you know, you you sitting down and loving on your pet before you go to bed, or if it's reading a book, ideally I'd rather have it not be on a device, but if you're wearing the blue blocker to glasses, that could help. Um, if it's doing a little yoga at night before you go to bed, not a strenuous workout, but truly a yoga for sleep or, or a yoga for relaxation. If you did a meditation where you focused on your breathing, particularly again, you know, breathing through your nose, doing some kind of activity at night to help your body know that we are getting ready for sleep. Again, we don't just jump into bed and fall right to sleep. It's important to help the body to know it's sleep. It being careful about how much fluid you drink before you go to bed. You know, sometimes for people, they're drinking a lot of water before they go to bed and then they're waking up during the night to have to go to the bathroom. So really pay attention to the amount of liquid that you that you drink. You want to ensure that the room that you sleep in is dark. Um, I'm a big fan of the, um, oh, I just went blank on it, but the, the um, blackout curtains or blackout shades or wearing you know those one of those little eye masks something that really helps to block out that has a huge impact on sleeping even those even the light on your alarm if you use alarms I know most people use their phones but an alarm light on your alarm or a light on um, you know if you have a, a smoke detector or even some of the outlets have those little lights, that can even be enough to disrupt your sleep at night. So again, doing what you can to ensure that the room you sleep in is truly a dark room. Also a cool room is really important as well. And I know sometimes this can be difficult, particularly in the summertime. You don't wanna have your house at you know 66 degrees and just to cool off the bedroom. And they do have, uh, there's something called the chili pad and the Uller, it's O-O-L-E-R. And these are pads that you put on your bed that circulate water through it and it helps to keep it cool. And you can set it for whatever temperature you want. They're not cheap, I'll totally own that. They are not cheap. Um, but that's a way to help keep um, your body cool so that you can sleep better. Another thing that you can do, I've done this in the past and I've, I've noticed it did seem to help me as well, is putting um, like a, a, a ice pad, like one of those a gel pads that you can put in the freezer to get cold, putting it on your head or putting it on the back of your neck. That's another way, again, we're trying to trying to cool down the body and cooling down the body then helps the body to sleep deeper and that's another way that you can do it of course it doesn't help then once you're asleep um, during the night if you heat back up again um, again that's when those those pads for your bed could be helpful but again unfortunately a little 
a little expensive. Um, another another thing that you can do with regards, we were talking about yoga or meditation to help get into that parasympathetic state. Another thing that you can do is lie on your back with your legs in the air pressed up against the wall. This helps to drain the fluid from your legs, but also because you have arteries in your legs, having your legs vertical like that helps to reduce that stress response and it helps to, it's, it, allegedly, it helps to drop cortisol and it tends to improve then um, the release of melatonin so that you sleep better. So that's another, um, you know, another activity, if you want to call it that, that you could try before you go to bed to see if, and again, just if you were focusing on your breathing while you had your legs up in the air against the wall like that, um, it might be another way to kind of help calm, to help calm your body and get you into that state of sleep. Um, Another thing to keep in mind too, your phone, if um, this could be a whole nother podcast, but there's EMFs that any of our electronics we have EMF exposure and there's a lot of research out there about how EMF exposure hinders our our health in so many different ways and that we want to be doing things to try and kind of offset that it's believed that of course back you know back in the day we weren't around all this electricity right I mean it was fire and can you know I don't even know if it was candles at the time but lanterns and so forth that that we used for light and now we have all of this artificial light that we're interfering but we have all this electricity and with it um, comes these EMFs and even your phone your cell phone releases them and putting it on Wi-Fi or putting it on airplane mode um, helps to minimize the impact of that um, while you're trying to sleep so having your phone on airplane mode is another thing that can be helpful to minimize the emf exposure that you experience at night because again we're trying to do everything we can to help create an environment that's really healthy and and calming to the body and i mean even going so far as as having even an air purifier in your bedroom um, having your sheets and your bedding to be clean for them not to be synthetics and not to be coated in any of the harmful chemicals that they use now on 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 you know bedding and and mattresses and um, the linens and so forth that we use so again you know doing what we can to keep that sleep environment as clean as possible those are my tips for you for sleep hygiene I encourage you to start off 2021 with sleep being a priority for you and doing everything that's within your power to attempt to create a, a sleep a sleep schedule and a sleep environment that's healthy. We need that restorative sleep for so many bodily processes and I just encourage you to, to have that be something that's on your list of priorities as you start off this new year. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I encourage you to do one thing purposefully to attain true pep for life.